Hello, everybody. It's Danny. Before we jump into today's amazing episode, I have such a fun announcement to share with all of you. Um, our very own Ashley of Starseed Shadows that you all have gotten to know and absolutely love at our shadow chats every new moon cycle every month. Um, she has officially launched her very own podcast. I am so fucking excited for Ashley. Her show sounds fucking amazing already. She has put so much incredible magic and wisdom into this show already. I cannot wait for all of you to hear it. So I know that all of you already adore her. Do not miss out on this. Go check it out. It's called The Goddess Complex. It is on all of your major platforms. Go check her out now, but I want you all to also spread the love for me, please. Share, shout this out to your friends, comment, make sure you go and follow Ashley. Um, do what you do best and go show your support. You amazing, amazing neighbors of mine. You are going to absolutely love her show. And Ash, I am just so excited for you and so, so proud of you. I love your show so much. All right. And I'm also so excited to let y'all know that this episode is brought to you by Cumulus Candies. I have been so stoked to tell you all about this amazing little company that found me, actually. These are small batch craft cannabis hard candies. Um, they have been available on the medical market in Oregon since 2015, and they are finally going to be launching in Oregon in the recreational market starting mid-January this year. So in just a couple of weeks. So these candies are made with natural flavoring, no added color, no high fructose corn syrup. Um, their sour blue raz and their Oregon Marionberry are both award-winning flavors. And I think that my favorite, favorite thing about these candies is the 2.5 milligram dosage. Um, they're just 2.5 calories a piece too. And so it makes it perfectly easy and smooth to find your special sweet spot or dosage. Um, it's, it's a company that is developed by a woman made for busy women and moms like me who, um, really, really enjoy the health benefits and the psych benefits of uh, cannabis, but need a much, much more milder or customizable dosage than tends to be available regularly. So um, you can follow up with and uh, keep an eye on where you'll be able to purchase these candies by following Cumulus Candies on Instagram, which is at Cumulus Candies. They're also on TikTok at Cumulus.Candies. And then make sure you save and bookmark their website, CumulusCandies.com, um, because that is going to be the best place for updates on where it's available at retail locations in Oregon, uh, reviews, as well as merch that's going to be available for purchase as well. So if you are local to that area, definitely, definitely keep an eye on this amazing uh, small batch handmade company. I 
I just absolutely adore them. And I was so excited um, to have them sponsor the show. I'm Danny, that witch next door. And you're listening to That Witch Podcast. Welcome back to another week, another episode here at That Witch Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm That Witch Next Door. I'm your host, your guide, your mentor in all things magic, witchcraft, astrology, and witchy business. And I'm I'm a little nervous about today, if I'm being honest. I'm not nervous. I, I wanted to take the opportunity to do an episode that was a little bit more personal. You know, I really am so naturally inclined to turn everything I do into a lesson, into a teaching opportunity as very well represented and explained by my Saturn in my fifth house in Capricorn. (laughs) So in all things, including the things I find the most fun and pleasurable, I find a way to turn it into a learning experience. <laughs> Yay. I I really do love the natural teachery qualities about myself. I definitely look at it as a little bit of a superpower that I have. Um, but it definitely, one way that I notice that I really hold myself back with that is <clears throat> I forget to like, really come on and and share my own story, if you will. I always put my personality into everything. I'll throw my opinion into most things. But I really do have to remind myself to come on and tell my story so that I connect with more and more people. So one thing that I wanted to do, we've had tons of episodes out by now already. This is already episode 35, which just blows me away that we are at 35 episodes. But I felt like it's been a while since I've really talked about anything personally. And I've really never done a lot of an about me on the show. And honestly, not even that much on Instagram. There's a little bit on my website. You can go to my website to thatwitchnextdoor.com slash about. I think that's the URL. Maybe it's about me and something like that. Um, (laughs) It's on the website. You can click on about. And I do share a lot of parts about my, my story, but I really forget to kind of bring that out into the light. So what I wanted to do today specifically, instead of necessarily giving you my life story on this episode, is I want to talk about a very specific part of my journey in light of this trend that is going around, which people, this trend goes around every year. There's so many people that I saw recently about the 10-year challenge. Um, saying all kinds of goofy conspiracies about the 10-year challenge, which the conspiracies may totally be true. That's fine. I'm just saying that the 10-year challenge, we do this. It happens every year on Instagram and Facebook. So, uh, But if you have not noticed for any reason, you might be 
tucked nice and cozy under your little rock, which, hey, more power to you. I love climbing under my rock too. Um, it's a 10-year challenge. It usually happens every December or January. Um, it got really big last year because it was, um, or New Year, sorry, I can't believe it's 2022. That really would have been two years ago when it got really, really big, when we were at the beginning of a fresh, brand new decade and saying goodbye to the past decade. So I want to talk about my 10-year challenge. I want to talk about that path for me from 2010 to 2020 we're going to have a little wiggle room in there. It's from roughly 10-ish years ago to about now, bringing you all up to speed. But the reason I really want to go into this specifically is because one of the biggest things that I get asked about the most off the show, off air, uh, from listeners, from friends, from uh, colleagues in the community is being a death witch. Um, now, I am... We'll be talking more and more about death witchcraft and death magic. I have a very, very exciting episode coming up soon um, with one of my most dear friends, one of my most favorite people in the whole world, the lovely Sarah Marquez, who owns and runs CC Oddities by Sarah, which is spelled C-E-R-A. I'll link her in the show notes. I am going to do a really, really awesome death magic death witch uh, episode with her. But today what I want to do is kind of introduce you to the subject, to the topic, and more specifically talk about my connection and how I came into this path, why I practice what I practice, and um, kind of what death work has done and does for me. So, hi, Again, I'm Danny. It's so nice to meet you. If this is the first time that you've ever listened to my show, welcome. I am a 31-year-old witch living in a suburb of Denver, Colorado. I have lived here my whole entire life. I've been purposefully, is what I say, I've been purposefully practicing witchcraft uh, for seven, almost eight years. And I have been really intentionally studying astrology for three and a half going on four years. And I, let's see, when I think about my path as a death witch and how I really came to this point, I guess where I will first take you is to a few years ago, not too long after my daughter was born. So my daughter is uh, just over three and a half years old. And I could probably trace this back to while I was pregnant, quite honestly. I've always struggled with anxiety and what I had always assumed was a very common like commonly experienced fear of death. You know, I didn't think that there was anything out of the ordinary about any of the anxieties or fears or concerns that I had surrounding death, okay? Uh, I, I 
I'll be honest, I just totally made that assumption. I really didn't go around asking people. It's just one of those funny things that we do as humans. You know, think about what you've done, little things about yourself or certain mindsets that you've had where you just assumed it was normal. Not everyone did it, even though when you think about it, you're like, I don't know why I thought that because I've never talked about it to anybody. <laughs> That's how uh, my anxieties and fears around death was. I I thought that um, very run of the mill. And in a lot of ways, I think that it was. But when I got pregnant um, between the hormones on a very biological and physical level to a very big and profound emotional level of, you know, taking on this responsibility of, of giving life to another being and, and doing everything in your power to set them up for as much potential and success as possible. That's kind of a big undertaking. (laughs) It absolutely triggered my anxieties to a completely new and heightened level that I hadn't experienced yet. And this definitely led me into postpartum depression, but more, more postpartum anxiety. There's videos of, you know, first moments of me with my daughter And you can see, I couldn't feel it or sense it in the moment. You know, when I'm in these videos, I have, I had no awareness of this. Um, But looking back and watching myself, what I had thought was, quote unquote, normal motherly protection, right? Just trying to keep my kids safe. When I was looking back and looking at the video, I was like, oh no, this is clearly anxiety and fear because you can see in the video that my daughter's fine and safe and not in any danger, not exhibiting any signs of being in danger. Like she's, she's a baby. She's an infant in these and she's being her normal, consistent self in all the videos. And you can see this hyperactive, um, survival mode of, well, trying to, well, protective mode. It's very, it's, definitely starts bleeding into the smothering realm. Like you can really see me helicoptering and, and letting my fear completely cloud over the moment to the point where I'll be honest with you. I, I wasn't present in those moments. I, sometimes I would black out because I would be so consumed by my fear that I, without realizing it, because even though I'm using my eyes in the moment to look at her, I wasn't really seeing her. I wasn't really taking any of it in at all. And so when I very first started really being truthful with myself about my anxieties, you know, I started opening up more and more to friends and, and, um, my husband, my partner, and I, I was able to start really tracing the roots of my worries and anxieties to this constant fear of dying. Could be me, could be a loved one. It changes moment to moment. Sometimes it's everybody. Um, but it, I really, really started tracing it to this 
constant, and I mean constant fear of death. Every moment, every moment was about getting to the next moment or feeling guilty and beating myself up about missing out on the moments because I had been wrapped up in fear and anxieties. And thus, you have my neighbors, uh, the really nasty cycle that I was on, the really tough kind of carousel that I found myself stuck on. Now, put a pin in this part of the story, okay? This is me when I'm about 29-ish years old, okay? Put a pin in this. We're going to go back in time a little bit. I have lost a lot of people in my life. It has been brought to my attention uh, more than once. The first time it was in by two different therapists. Um, it has been brought to my attention more than once that myself and a lot of my friends that I grew up with, we have experienced a higher than average amount of death and therefore grief in our lives. A lot of people from my childhood, um, all the way from people I've known since elementary school, middle school, and high school. And it's a lot. It's a lot of people. And it stems back years. And before that, um, I have lost many family members. I, I've lost many, many family members. A lot of them were older. Some of them, uh, uncharacteristically for their age passed away, you know, meaning like they were unhealthy. They had like, it wasn't, they didn't, these aren't hundred year old people I'm talking about is what I mean. Um, and so there was a lot of unexpected death and therefore unexpected grief throughout my life up until this day, uh, 2021, particularly, it was actually a particularly big year of death, um, for myself and my husband, actually, we lost a particularly large amount of people this year. Um, and really in the last five years in general, I digress. So it made sense to me. The reason I'm telling you all this is, you know, once I had a couple of therapists say this to me for a long, long time, I was like, oh, well, you know, that's why I have anxieties. That's why I have the fears that I do. Great mystery solved. <laughs> False. The mystery was not solved, not even a little bit. And to be honest, just spoiler alert, mystery still totally not solved. I'm not perfect. I don't, I've come a long, a long way and, and I will always continue investing in my time and my money and resources into my mental health. Um, so that I support myself and my, my anxieties and my fears and things like that or working through them, I should say but there definitely was this point where I was like, oh, well, that's where it comes from. So, you know, well, that sucks. I guess this is how I am. How many of you has that happened to where you find the root, right? And you're like, oh yeah, well, it's because of my fear of this. And I guess that's why I feel anxiety and fear around it. So I guess, you know, that's my fear. I was called over and over and over and over again, times infinity, to death work. Meaning, and when I say that, I really mean 
working with the concept of death, okay? How did I know I was being called, you ask? So um, it was actually really funny. I was not looking for it. I'll tell you that much. That's the beautiful part about these stories, isn't it? I, and I just got like the biggest chill. (laughs) So hi, Hades. I know that you're here with me while I tell this really powerful part of the story. So I was, now we're at um, late year of 29, okay? We're about to turn 30 the next year. That's where I'm at, okay? So year 28, year 29, I'm totally consumed by my anxieties and my fears. It's really triggered by becoming a parent now and having to take on a protector and survivor, like, or you know what I mean? Like provide survival and safety to someone. That's what I mean by survivor mode. I didn't feel like I was dying, (laughs) just to clarify. I mean, like keeping a living thing alive and thriving. You can't just keep a kid alive. That's not part of the deal. I mean, it's part of the deal, but you got to also help that, being thrive and grow. I mean, you better, if you're choosing to be a parent, you better fucking sign on to that responsibility. Um, I'll full blown admit that (laughs) personal opinion. Um, and so year 28, year 29, I'm totally overwhelmed and consumed by the anxieties of, of my fears and specifically rooted to me dying, my husband dying, my daughter dying, like, my dog dying, everyone, I could, the list could go on and on and on. I was consumed almost every moment of every day, like I had said. Well, fast forward to end of um, 29-ish, okay? And I am really, really seeking my patron deity, So I was at a point in my witchcraft practice that I was ready. Like I felt so called to deity worship. I specifically for me, if you've listened to the show, you know that pretty much at the root of it, I'm overall a Hellenistic witch. Um, There are many other mythologies and cultures that I'm super fascinated by. And I work with some of the energies. Um, But I, I have always, since I was a kid, felt, and that's super common. I'm not saying it's like a special thing or anything, but I, I do. I feel very, very called and connected. And I just resonate a lot <coughs> with... Um, with the, with the Greeks. I've always, that's where it just makes sense to me. It's how I learned astrology for myself as I would just put everything through the Greek scope. A lot of us learn astrology that way. If it resonates for you, awesome. If it doesn't, don't work with those deities. But I was seeking my patron, god or goddess, and I knew that I had been being very, very called to that type of spiritual relationship and that type of spiritual path, really having a patron deity. It's different when when a god or a goddess is your patron energy, okay? It's a very, very bonded relationship. There's a borderline, I mean, it depends on every person. This is not a requirement. There's a borderline contract, you know? It's almost an unspoken contract at the least. And so this was a big deal. I was, I, I knew that I was being called to it and I needed to know, cause I was at the time 
I had studied so much about so many different gods and goddesses and deity worship. I was like, okay, and now how do I take everything I've consumed and everything I've learned about everyone else's experience in this and how do I seek and find and discover my patron god or goddess? And so, and we're going to do an episode on deity worship little crash course very, very soon. Um, But essentially what I did and what I always recommend is I went to the place that I felt the most comfortable in trusting my my intuition. And at that time was definitely tarot. At this time, we're in late 2019. And oh, I've got all my years mixed up. Well, I've got my ages mixed up. I have the years ripe at the ages. So I had just turned 29. My bad. But I knew that we were at the end of 2019. I'm doing this tarot spread. I put out the intention. I specifically am like, I'm looking for who's been calling to me. I'm ready. Who is it? And it was so in my face blatantly, this is Hades calling you. This is absolutely Hades. And the funny part is, is that, um, you know, I do have a Capricorn stellium again, uh, that's in my fifth house. And I am, I, it's funny, all of the earth energies that I have, well, the specific earth placements that I have, I appreciate this, but sometimes it's a little frustrating. My checks and balances are very, very strong. So that's a nice way of me saying I read and read and reread over and over again, that tarot spread. And like, you're sure, right? You're positive. This is who it is. Um, And the biggest reason why I was experiencing those thoughts of like, are you sure? Are you sure? Is because I think that that's really, really normal for all of us, for all of us witches. You're going about, you're practicing this path, you're doing your best. And there are just times that you are confronted with the notion or thought of, am I right? Is this real? Am I making it up? Right? Like the, let's just bring those thoughts out of our shadows and into the light. That's the self-doubt that witches have. We doubt our psychic abilities. We doubt our spirit guides messages to us. We doubt the signs that we're being given. Okay. And in a lot of ways, this is a good thing that we have. It means that we don't just eat up everything, you know, that we're fed or whatever. And at the same time, it can feel like a hindrance, especially in a spiritual practice. You need to have a little bit extra of an open mind, right? And a little bit extra of an open heart. Well, the beautiful thing was, and this often happens, dare I say, potentially always happens. If you're really, truly pure of intention, really seeking deity worship or a relationship with a specific energy of some kind, um, you will get the confirmation that you're seeking. And that is certainly what happened to me. So I did this reading and I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's 80s. I'm pretty positive. It is, right? It is. Yeah, sure. But in the few days that followed, not only was I sent so many signs, I had so many downloads from my childhood, from my astrological chart, from just little bits about who I am as a person and and personality traits I have and, and certain things that I'm drawn to and I've always been drawn to. And it was in all of these revelations that it became 
crystal, baby, crystal clear. Uh, that yes, it was absolutely none other than none other than Hades. Now, as soon as I realized this, and I mean really go, okay, dope, it's definitely Hades. Um, I was like, cool, why? Right? Like you're like, all right, like let's dig a little bit more into this. And one way to learn a lot in kind of an unconventional, unorthodox way about a deity and, you know, different themes that they work with, with work through with you, um, different lessons that they bring to you, things like that. One unconventional way to go about that is, uh, reading people's personal blogs online. This could come in the form of a traditional blog blog, um, you know, like a good old fashioned website, blog articles, uh, but also Tumblr, Pinterest, some places on Instagram. It's easier when you search by hashtag, by the way. So you can look up like hashtag Aphrodite, hashtag Aphrodite worship. Okay. So you can like add those words and play around with different word combinations, um, or different combinations of search terms. Okay. The reason is because if you go looking for some special certified handbook that has some stamp of or seal of approval, like, yeah, yeah, this is a credible resource on deity worship and exactly how this god or goddess is, what their energy is like, what they can do for you, what you can do for them. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Here's a big thing. This relationship that you embark on that so many others have and will embark on in their patron deity uh, relationship is it is so intimate and so personal. And it really requires a lot, a lot of trust on your part. It really does require a lot of trust because you don't have something you can compare and contrast it to. And you can find some stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. Again, when you look on all those personal blogs and look in uh, like kind of those corners of the internet to where people essentially just write down their interpretation. They write down, um, it's usually a combination of their interpretation of both mythological stories, okay? As well as their earthly experience in worshiping that deity, okay? So when you do deity research, that's most often, you know, the two avenues people write about is here's what we know about them in mythology. Here's what the ancients wrote about them, okay? But again, the ancients, they were still human beings, okay? We still have to take things with a grain of salt because we have to take translation into effect. We have to take the telephone theory into effect, right? Because that information is so old and it's been passed through so many different people, okay? There's, it's none of, none of what you find is going to be set in stone. It's just not. It's just not. And honestly, you probably already know this a little bit when it comes to witchcraft in general and branches of magic in general. It's at the end of the day, what we're all doing here, folks, is is speaking our intuition, right? We're doing our best. We're consuming the environment around us, consuming the information around us. We're making sense of it in whatever way our brain makes sense of it. 
and offering it back out in whatever way makes sense to us. Okay, that's what we're doing. Whether you're a tarot reader, whether you're an astrologer, and obviously, again, there's a lot of research and data collecting that goes into these things. But at the end of the day, it's still however your brain makes sense of it and whatever you therefore do with it after that. So in my research of trying to learn more about Hades, I ran into an even bigger roadblock than most people do because there's there are more uh, Hades devotees than I thought, but there's still not nearly as big of, you know, a Hades community, if you will, as there is for, uh, and as you've noticed, I'm using the Greek examples. There's a million parallels. I'm just using these, you know, in the moment to keep the conversation moving. But there are droves and giant groups and communities of people that follow Aphrodite, Apollo. um, And then you can even go to their, specifically their Roman parallel and counterpart, Venus. There's really, which is Aphrodite's parallel. Um, I, I had found a big, big lack in the, in a lot of the historical side of the research because people have feared death the underworld and therefore gods and beings of the underworld for so long because it's a place and a, a thing, if you will, of mystery. There was not a ton. It was really challenging. I really had to dig. Um, so I do want to encourage you, regardless of what the subject is, if it's learning more about Hades or death magic, whatever it is, if you have some obscure subject that you're trying to research into, I do really advise you to just try and have patience. Don't give up on it. I promise. Because so many people just give up in that part of the study journey. And I'm like, there's more information out there. You just have to keep trying and trying and look in places that people might not think to look. And for me, that place was Tumblr. Now, that's not the first time I've mentioned Tumblr here and not in this tone, is it? Because it still surprises me to this day. There is really, surprisingly, well of knowledge about specifically deity worship on Tumblr. If you're a Hellenistic witch, really great place to start is Tumblr. Um, all these young kids have so much more time on their hands to like do all this research and combine and compile like really amazing, valuable and thoughtful blog posts there. I, I can't tell you how many, uh, Tumblr posts I found that were literally just giant lists of links and resources for people or giant lists of ideas and inspiration for different things you can do in your deity worship or things you can do in your witchcraft practice in general. And don't even get me started on the loads of altar inspiration. Really great. I mean, Tumblr's always really knocked it out of the park with aesthetic, didn't they? Um, and I'm proud to announce that they're still going strong. So I um you know, I really did a large, large portion of my studies first and foremost before I started actually worshiping Hades, if you will, before I officially devoted myself to that path and to that relationship. 
Um, which is a fancy word for saying consenting, by the way. That's really what you're doing is, yes, I would like to work with you. Now, in that load, giant load of research that I did for a long time, for many months, both research, tarot readings, and meditations, really calling on Hades and really communing with his energy and really listening to the messages that would come through, I learned that I was very, very called to death work and death magic. Now, when I came across that term in those studies, you know, a lot of witches that work with Hades are also death work, um, death workers or death witches. I had already heard of the term. It wasn't the first time I had heard death witch. I'll never forget the first time I heard the word death witch. Oh my God. I was like, I want to be that. I want to be that. That's me. It. I barely knew anything about it. And I instantly identified. Uh, And that made a lot of sense, again, from my research journey. And this is why I do have a spiritual education um, podcast. This is why so much of my content is educational, because I myself found and gained so much value in the spiritual education content that I sought out during my years of, of, you know, being a beginner practitioner and things. And that's why I'm so passionate about paying it forward and offering this, you know, my spin on it, if you will, and offering my experience on it, because I do believe there's so much power in sharing our experience and sharing our information and sharing our knowledge. Well, Now I'm all excited. I found my patron deity. I'm pretty positive. I'm going to go ahead and devote myself in all of the research I'm doing. I have decided to really fall down the research rabbit hole on death magic as well and death work as well. And this is where it is very first brought to my attention that many, many people that struggle with anxiety specifically surrounding fears of death, people that have experienced, again, a higher than average amount of death and grief, and major Scorpio placements, particularly in the big three, um, typically are people that resonate with, identify as death witches, and embark on that path. So this is why it unlocked so much. I'll never forget reading that. Oh, and people that had struggled with addiction. That was another one. That people that had struggled with death more than average, um, that had major Scorpio placements, that had struggled with uh, addiction cycles, these are people that very often feel called to death work and more specifically to work with Hades. These are different fears and struggles and challenges that you can bring into that relationship and work through and learn from and therefore grow from. A lot of my personal motivations in my death work and in my deity worship is to heal wounds, both in this life and in other lives as well. And for me, working with that higher energy really helps expand my awareness and my perception. I feel, I feel like I'm working with a mentor 
Whereas in a lot of the solo part of my practice up until the point I had started really purposefully working with outside energies, you know, metaphysical energies or metaphysical entities. Up until that point, I found myself feeling very glass ceilinged, you know, like really, really capping myself at my own growth and potential because we are, like I was saying, we're byproducts of our environment. You know, that's why it's so important that we do learn. That's why I'm so passionate about the path and process and journey of learning and education because it is very, very possible. And it happens every day. I'm sure you can think of people in your very personal life right now that make a choice to stop. They stop learning. They stop seeking new knowledge. And besides how dangerous that is, How sad and depressing is that? And so for me, even though embarking on the path and journey with Hades was really scary at first, I I don't know how else to explain it besides I, I knew and felt in my bone of bones that this is who had been calling to me, that I was safe, and that this is the path that I wanted. You get to choose. You know, I just came down off of a really amazing, as always, Harry Potter marathon. And, you know, it reminds me, I don't care at all that I'm nerding out like this on you. So sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Uh, It really reminds me of the sorting hat. You get to choose. Your opinion, your desires, your, that's being authentic. We have preferences. Preferences are, are, are what make us us. And so when you do have, you know, a path, a deity, an energy, a branch of magic, could be an activity in life, it could be an area of subject that seems interesting, but you don't want it, like, well, this would be a good idea. This should, but I don't really want to do it. That matters. That counts. That's you, you know, subconsciously, that preference that you're experiencing, that's your subconscious being like, yeah, this is in alignment or no, dude, this is totally disaligned. So even though I was scared, the reason I was scared is because I knew I was going to face a lot of fears. That's why I was scared. I wasn't scared because there was something dangerous about working with a deity. I knew at that point, that was the only reason I started working with and seeking a deity to work with in the first place is I was ready. I was ready. I had gone through so much shit up until that point. From 20 years old until 29 years old, I... It's, it's hard to even describe, it's hard to even think about myself, let alone describe to anybody else. But at the beginning of my 20s, I was in the deepest part of my addiction that I had been in up until that point. I, I had realized and 
simultaneously rejected my addiction. And by the time I was 25, 24, 25, I would say. And I was living every day in fear and from a place of fear. If you go back a couple of episodes to the Capricorn New Moon in my shadow chats with the amazing and lovely Ashley Starseed Shadows, don't forget to go check out her podcast, The Goddess Complex, by the way. It's fucking amazing. Um, you know, she and I were really talking about on that episode about operating from a place of fear and operating from a place of love. And I can tell you that the first at least half of that decade, if not a little more, I was acting from a place of fear. And, you know, I had lost a lot of people. Like I said, I had experienced a lot of death. But at the same time, I had lived such a privileged life. And I was hyper aware of that. I really started understanding, right? And this happens for all of us as you start to fly the coop, right? 18, 19, 20 years old. And you you break out into the world and you start learning more and it's exciting and it's new. And you learn more and more and more and more. And it's growing and growing about all the fucked up shit in the world and all the things that have happened to people and things that you and your lineage have contributed to other people's suffering, to other people's deaths. You start learning more and more and more of this. And that awareness, important. Make no mistake, it's fucking important to have that true self-awareness, that truth revolution. Sorry, well, that's interesting. I meant to say truth revelation. And what's true simultaneously is that it's really a challenge to learn how to nurture and take care of yourself and work through your traumas and your wounds when you gain that awareness of other people's traumas and other people's wounds. And that happened to me for basically that whole decade. All the way up till finding Hades. I had constantly put my true, my true well-being on the back burner. And by saying true well-being, I mean really taking the leap into my shadow work really, truly getting to my fears, the root of them, facing them, figuring out where they came from, doing the forgiving that needed to happen, doing the releasing that needed to happen, right? Essentially what I'm getting at is that about 18 months or so, yes, after officially embarking on my, on my journey with Hades, I I got back into therapy for the first time in many, many years. I had been uh, a couple other times before that at the very beginning of that decade. Um, well, at the end of the 2010s and, or at the beginning, you see what I'm trying to say, sorry. I saw a therapist for the first time in high school in probably 2007. 
Um, and then my next time into therapy was not until I was 22, I believe. Um, and so there was a big, long gap. I didn't get back into therapy until mid-year. Ugh, I can't remember. The, I'm screwing up my ages. I'm sorry. I shouldn't give you such a timeline about it because that Saturn in my fifth house is making me be way too accurate about it. When the point is, is that I had been working with Hades for well over a year. And, um, I remember going into that, that round of therapy with this new intention that I was going to have the trust and bravery to put myself first and know that that didn't mean I was harming anybody else and that I wasn't taking away from other people's traumas by addressing my traumas. Okay. This is important. This is why working on yourself is so important because we will come up with excuses and that's what they are all day long about why we shouldn't. We will. For some people, it's what I said. I'll take away from other people's experiences. It'll make me look like I'm being a martyr when really I just have so many things to be grateful for. Sure, we can have things to be grateful for and there was damage done and there's damage going on right now that needs to be addressed, that we need to work through, that we need to heal. Some people, it's the, there's nothing wrong with me excuse. For some people, there's a million, right? The list goes on and on. I promise you, though, I promise you that making that choice that I am putting myself first, my, you know, to use such a buzz term, mental health first, really ultimately what I was doing is I was living in alignment. I was making the choice to say, okay, there are roots of these issues. And I have identified many of the roots. Little did I know it's definitely not all of the roots, Um, right? Oh, it's just a fear of death. Yeah, there's so much more to it than that. Um, I truly, making that choice was really a choice of alignment. I was doing an audit, facing the fact that there were things that I was doing, people I was associating with, choices I was making, activities I was participating in, foods I was eating, things I was drinking, right? All these things that were directly contributing to my disalignment, to my disharmony, and to my imbalances. And that really was, and it was years into witchcraft. You think you just start this path and you start living a line. No, it's a long and kind of rigorous journey. It's really profound pretty much the whole entire way. And it's fun a lot of the times. And it's also really dark. And it's also really big. And it's also really heavy a lot of the times as well. And you will find, and guess what, everybody? That's not going to be the last time that happens to me. It's not going to be the first and last time it happens to you. There's going to be new cycles, new stages that we'll get to in a year, in a few months, in many years from now, right? where we reach those realizations. Fuck, I'm out of alignment. Fuck, I'm living in disharmony. And I was just 
coping through it without doing anything about it. It's a never-ending cycle. And that feels, that feels daunting sometimes. We can call that what it is. The day that I'm recording this is the Sagittarius, Mars, Square, Neptune, and Pisces. So <laughs> let's call that tension what it is, right? Let's bring it out into the light. Sometimes it feels daunting that those cycles and lessons are never going to end. And it's kind of what makes a lot of life worth living. So for me, death magic is really, really about healing my relationship with death because it is a beautiful thing. We have the instincts to protect and survive against it. Don't get me wrong. We're born with those for a reason. There's this beautiful, like I said, inherent continuum about life itself, right? It wants to keep going. And all things end. And death exists. Life, death, and rebirth. They exist all at once, all at the same time, always. That has been one of my biggest takeaways in my death magic practice so far, is they are all three constantly existing together. They're all three feeding into each other, okay? They're part of a cycle that's very necessary. And they're all three equally as beautiful. One of them gets a really shitty rap. Life and rebirth, yay! Life and rebirth, death, boo, right? Leave it to the Scorpio stellium to uh, take the unconventional path, though. I really, I want today to be about opening up and sharing a deep, vulnerable part of myself and, and talk about a practice that is so important to me and has completely transformed my life. Since embarking on the death magic, death witch journey, what I can kind of catch up to speed on now is I very actively walk with and talk about my addiction. I no longer keep that part of myself hidden and shamed away. I have struggled with um, drugs in the past, but I mainly have struggled with alcohol uh, the majority of my adult life. And it is something that I personally believe I will always walk with. It's a part of me uh, that I was born with and that will always be with me. But I've brought that shadow, I've brought that demon, if you will, out into the light and I walk hand in hand with that part of myself. I know that it's a part of me that's very, very different from some other people that, that don't have that shadow or don't have that demon. But I also know a lot of people struggle with these types of shadows in general, whether it's struggles with addiction, fears surrounding death, depression, anxieties, any whatever your shadows are. Practicing death magic has given me 
the understanding that that I can offer real healing and real inspiration to people by talking about this, by not demonizing it, by bringing it out into the light and saying, we all have these things buried very deeply in us. Can I challenge you when you feel ready and when you feel safe? Can I challenge you to start bringing them out into the light? Because more often than not, our shadows and our fears and those roots of things, I had kept that buried in myself for so long, so ashamed of so many things. And when I opened up to my deity relationship and I really embraced my death magic practice, thank God, thank the gods, because it unlocked some of my biggest superpowers some of my biggest potential. Since walking with Hades, I find that uh, if I had to put some kind of statistic on it, probably 90, 99% or so of my clients that find me uh, have experienced, usually very recently have experienced an extremely tragic and or unexpected death. Um, and a lot of my sessions and readings kind of flourish and turn into and become grief readings. And uh, I, I create and cast a lot of death charts and really work on, on bringing those fears and thoughts and subconscious actions that grief and death can bring out of us. And I can really offer safe space to bring that out into the light. It's, it's never something I advertise. You'll notice I don't go on Instagram or the podcast and say, Hey everybody, I do death readings. Um, that's why I don't offer it as like a menu item on my services. It's something that I believe will naturally come through um, as it is, as it's needed. And, and when that person or querent is ready for it and ready for that healing. So, you know, I guess this episode is dedicated to all the weirdos and to everybody that has experienced signs and messages and connections with the paranormal and spiritual world. And maybe you were shamed for that or made fun of for that or totally invalidated or discredited or attempted to be discredited for that. Um, whatever it is, that weird quirky thing about you that you love that maybe even freaks you out a little bit. I don't think we're meant to shut up and close away any parts of ourselves. And so I would encourage you to have the bravery to bring those things out into the light, like I said, because so much, so much of your pure essence and potential and power is there just waiting, just waiting for you to be ready to bring it out into the light and open it up for yourself. It might feel scary, but as always, I see you, I support you, 
and I'm here for you. Thank you all so much, um, again, as always, for joining me here, for being a part of this amazing, magical, witchy neighborhood of mine. I will never, ever, ever be able to truly express my, my genuine gratitude for every, every single one of you. So thank you from my heart straight into yours. This is a really beautiful weekend that we're heading into. Right now, the moon is in Gemini. Don't be afraid to be chatty and open up and talk about it, especially in safe space with the safe people. And then tomorrow, we're going to head into the Cancer moon just in time. Well, just in time, of course, because on Monday, we officially have the Cancer full moon. Okay. We're at the very tail end of Capricorn season here. So really focus on this weekend things that you are ready to release. What can you let go of that that's holding you back from facing what you're afraid of? Okay. That's what I want this episode to inspire. What are your shadows? What are those things in your 10-year challenge, if you will, that you've been afraid to face and talk about and bring out into the light? What Shame can you let go of surrounding that? Mm, I'm really excited for all of you. This is going to be a beautiful cancer moment. Everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being your beautiful, beautiful, enchanting selves. Stay safe, every single one of you, and you stay magical out there. so much for listening to today's episode, you magical human you. I am so appreciative of every single download and play of the show. If you like what you heard here today and you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to head over to iTunes or Spotify and leave a five-star rating as well as a nice review. If you do enjoy what we talk about here, I would be pretty willing to bet that you would also really, really like my pre-show tarot reading that I do exclusively on YouTube for pretty much every single episode, which is twice a week. So head over to YouTube and don't forget to subscribe to my channel, That Witch Next Door. If you're interested in working with me, I offer some really awesome one-on-one services. I do astrology for personal growth and soul development. I also offer one-on-one business mentoring sessions as well. You can find out more about booking, schedule, and the cost by going to my website, thatwitchnextdoor.com services. If you're interested in a long-term growth and transformation program, really working with a mentor one-on-one to grow not only your life and your business, but your spirituality and your witchcraft, it sounds like my Think and Grow Witch Mentorship might just be for you. You can head over to my website, thatwitchnextdoor.com slash mentorship to apply for that now. I only work with a maximum of two, maybe three mentorship clients at one time to devote my full and complete energy to this incredible program. I also offer payment plans on all, yes, all of my one-on-one services, including one-off single sessions. So never hesitate to reach out to me with that. I am very, very happy to work with your budget. If you are interested in taking this podcast into your hands and really running with it to learn and grow more 
aspect of your spirituality and your witchcraft, you will want to be on the wait list for that witch school. That witch school is going to be a monthly membership that has big quarterly lessons and courses, trainings, spell work, recipes, tarot spreads, journal prompts, homework, exercises. We're gonna have live classes and events. We're gonna have an online community for support and growth and accountability. You're also gonna have access to site-wide discounts on my services, as well as my merch shop when we open later this year and early access to episodes. Anyone in that witch school is going to get 24 hours early access to all podcast episodes. You don't want to miss this. It's all of this and so much more. I cannot wait to see you there. Get to thatwitchnextdoor.com slash thatwitchschool and sign up for that wait list. We start spring 2022.